Well, we're very pleased to have with us uh, the Attorney General of the State of Oklahoma, Gettner Drummond, on our hotline, Southwest Air Need Hotline this morning. Good morning, General. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Harold. It's so happy to be with you. Well, we appreciate you taking the time, and you'll be out here at 10 o'clock at City Hall, so we want to plug that just a little bit. Um, What are you going to be talking about today? Well, the objective is to cover every significant city across Oklahoma this summer where, one, I get to report to the citizens of what is important in the state government, but then also, and principally, to listen. I love to hear from first responders. I love to hear from business leaders, civic leaders across the state. Um, Too often, our statewide elected officials just stay in that circle around 23rd and Lincoln, and I want to get out and hear the people. Well, we really appreciate that, and particularly since you've recently purchased the First National Bank in Weatherford, uh, you're the principal owner of Blue Sky Bank. You're going through that process of a name change, and uh, tell us about that. Why you're why you're doing it? Well, I will tell you. I admired First National Bank with Herschel Brewster, Jared Jones. You've got they've got branches at Cordell and Hinton, Morris and Stillwater. It's just one of Oklahoma's prime jewel banks, and I'm so honored to partner with Herschel and the good people of Weatherford. So uh, why did you decide to get into banking? You have quite a varied career being a lawyer as well as uh, a veteran. I think you were a veteran of uh, the, um, let's see, Afghanistan? No, I'm older than that. Uh, Gulf War. I was a a 15 fighter pilot back in the 80s under Reagan and then Bush and ended up fighting in the Gulf War. Then uh, left the military to go to law school and return home. So what's it like the first time you fly in one of those jets, take off? I tell you, you, uh, <laughs> you and it become one. It's You strap a rocket on your back and tell it what to do, and it'll do it. It'll accelerate in the vertical, go the speed of sound, and just a little bit of effort. I, I, cool. I can't imagine. You know, it's exhilarating just to fly a small airplane and land it. I, flying a jet must be even more so. I just really admire that. Well, uh, so why did you get into banking, in addition to the other things you're doing, and why have you come to Weatherford? Well, I, as a 14-year-old, I went to court and got emancipated and started borrowing money and bought a little track of land in Osage County, and I've been a borrower all of my life. But when I came back from the military, I thought, instead of being a borrower only, I should be a bank owner. And I got into banking in 2003, and it's just been a real rewarding experience uh bought my hometown bank in Pahuska and have expanded it across uh eastern Oklahoma and down to Dallas and Fort Worth and San Antonio and it was time to expand west where the good people are. Well we, we're proud to have you as a citizen. I'm gonna call you an official citizen since you own property and pay taxes here now. Yes sir, I I would be honored to be considered a local. We appreciate your investment in the in the community really do that. Uh so uh, in the news this morning, there's a big story out that you're filing a lawsuit, uh, uh, papers Tuesday, I guess you filed the papers to ask the governor from representing the state in the controversial lawsuit over gaming compacts. Obviously, the legislature's had a battle over that this year because he vetoed their their bills uh, that would have at least given an opportunity to work with the tribes. Uh, and the Senate and House both have overridden those vetoes, or I guess the House is coming in the 31st to finalize that. But tell me about your lawsuit. 
Well, I, I mean, I, I admire the governor and consider him a friend, and we agree on, you know, 75% of all things uh, that are important to Oklahoma. But we, we just simply disagree on how to interact with our Native American citizens. He's had a, a divisive message ever since the McGirt decision was determined by the Supreme Court, giving restoring certain rights to tribes, principally in the eastern part of the United, of Oklahoma. Uh, but, you know, there are 400,000 Native American tribal members in Oklahoma. We are a small state, as vast as we might be. There's only 4 million of us. And so when you disenfranchise 10% of the population, that's just not good politics. And he has been litigating. Uh, he, he formed some compacts illegally. The Oklahoma Supreme Court has ruled twice that they're illegal, and he just ignored them and sought the, the federal government's consent to override Oklahoma's law, which is the opposite of what a state elected official should be doing. We should be fighting for state sovereignty, and yet he is compromising it by seeking you know, the Biden administration, giving a, overriding the Oklahoma Supreme Court and the Oklahoma Senate and House. So I'm entering that lawsuit uh, and going to elbow him out and then dismiss it and go back to business. So who, who would be responsible then for, um, you think, uh, negotiating these compacts? Well, the, so as you well know, as former Speaker Pro Tem, the all power resides with the legislative body. The, the, the people you you were directly elected from Weatherford when you were serving mm-hmm. and you answered the people from Weatherford. And similarly, our other 149 elected representatives and senators, they are the ones who have the power and they have delegated that power to the governor. In this instance, the governor has just failed. He's refusing to negotiate in good faith with regard to cigarette compacting and motor fuels, gaming and hunting. And the Senate and the House have had enough of that, and they've overridden his vetoes. And as you mentioned, Monday, Speaker McCall will rally his troops and override the last of the compacting vetoes, and we will reset with the Native American tribes and go forward. So that 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 hopefully will turn into a positive thing for the state. Uh, you know, we need to get that resolved, obviously, and uh, hopefully uh, we can do that in a manner that would be beneficial to all concerned, as they say. Certainly, and, and had we not, I mean, just to frame it, of course, the gaming compact itself would, you know, the Native American tribes, we have the power to tax them, but we have the ability to enter into an agreement. And by refusing to renew the compact, we would have, we would be leaving about $30 million on the table every year on, on the tobacco. We're already leaving about $8 million a year from cutting Eastern tribes, and the cost. Oh, and I think our governor is his ego is not more valuable valuable to me than you know literally thirty five forty million dollars. Those compacts were pretty lengthy time for a long time, basically, and re- automatically renewed. And uh, is there a possibility down the road that we could get additional revenue from those compacts? Oh, I think certainly. What, what we need is just. Uh, and if we illustrate your will partner and knowledge for example online gaming I think that the tribes would be very happy very receptive to come to the table as good partners and increase the percentage of their uh, payment of, of franchise fees to the state of Oklahoma 
So are you talking about sports betting or online gaming? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, sir. So that's that's not done in Oklahoma, but I know the tribes would like to do that. So that that seems we we felt at least when I was legislature that was a a tool that we could use to maybe make some changes. Certainly, I think that the tribes would like that. I know that you know our Thunder basketball team needs that. The other major uh, major league baseball, bas- pardon me, basketball uh, NBA basketball teams have sports betting. Except under it does not, and uh, you know that's a that's a source of frustration for that uh, NBA franchise in Oklahoma. We don't want to give them a good reason to leave us. Too, they're too valuable. So we'll we'll need to work to the future of trying to get to get those compacts worked out. If and particularly if your lawsuit prevails, sounds like to me. I think so, right? And I've encouraged Senate and House leadership until we have uh, a partner that's willing to negotiate in good faith with the tribes, maybe. They need to just do that through the tribal state committee that uh, our legislature has formed. Now you've you've taken a little different approach, turning to a different direction on capital punishment in Oklahoma. You've delayed some of those. Uh, I think uh, they were set had originally set up to do one uh, execution a month. You've you delayed that. Also, there's the Richard Richard Gossip uh, case, which Gossip case, which you've taken a pretty strong stand on that particular. You want to talk a little bit about that and what, why where you stand yeah. on that issue. Certainly. I, I am the chief law officer of Oklahoma, and the people of Oklahoma have authorized the death penalty, and we are going, going to administer the death penalty. My predecessor, for a political stunt, put them on 30-day protocol. And, and having witnessed, I mean, one, two, we've never had a governor or attorney general participate in the execution itself, and that, I believe, is my role as a, as a chief legal officer. I should be there. So just three days into my office, I attended our first execution of the year and then visited at length with our Department of Corrections personnel afterwards and asked them how this 30-day protocol was working. And privately to a person, they said, it's exhausting, it's too fast. Would you consider helping us extend this extended out 60 days? So that's what exactly what I've done. So instead of a 30-day protocol, it's now a 60-day protocol. It gives these good men and women the opportunity to emotionally, mentally heal, physically heal, uh, get back to their families. They come from, they are volunteers. Those who participate in the execution protocol are volunteers from each of our Department of Corrections facilities across the state. And they come in and they spend a considerable amount of time in McAllister, and they just need to be able to go home and attend Little League ball games, you know, go to church with their family, things like that. So that's why the extension from 30 to 60, as it relates to Glossop, I made it an objective to view each of the those on death row, look at everything about each case. I spent an entire weekend, literally about 20 hours, reading the extracts. And on the Glossop case, I was concerned. I mean, I was genuinely concerned. I looked at, in my office, we have eight boxes, but we had only let the defense see seven of them. And in that eighth box, we had information that had the defense attorney been privy to and had shared that with the jury, there's a possibility that Mr. Glossop would not have been endorsed for the death penalty. Now, I believe he's guilty, but is he meritorious of the death penalty? I do not believe he is. And I did, you know, our district attorneys, very uh, sharply with me, uh, Angela Marcy, who is, you know, truly one of the state's top prosecutors who represents your district, um, disagrees, but she is an outstanding person. We just simply disagree on the district. 
You know, I think that's important. I found out, you know, working in the legislature, you've got to be able to agree to disagree uh, on things because sometimes you don't always uh, think the same. And and I'll note for your listeners, Angela has got great roots. I think she's your daughter, isn't yeah, she, Errol? She is, yes. <laughs> she, she's outstanding. But but she also is, uh, you know, she and I just simply disagree on this issue. And it's not that I don't want the death protocol to be carried out exactly as citizens want. I just have concern in this one case. And last week I participated in the execution of Mr. Cannon, and I will be at the execution chamber in September for Mr. Sanchez. I will continue to do my job uh, faithfully. Uh, you know, the uh, the Glossop case has connections uh, to uh, Weatherford because the man that was killed actually owned a hotel here and spent time in Weatherford. So that the, the victims in that case, uh, I think, uh, uh, have connections to this area. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, I didn't know that, and I know that the man who murdered him is in jail for the lo- rest of his life. Mr. Sneed was the murderer, and he is in life without the opportunity for parole. Mr. Glossop was Mr. Sneed's supervisor and purportedly paid him to commit this crime, Uh, but there is some irregularities in the development of the case. Well, I appreciate your, you you know, the fact that you're willing to make a stand, and what's your future? Some say you're going to run for governor. Are you making that announcement at this point, or where are you on that? Oh, heavens no. I've got three and a half years of service left as your attorney general. I, I imagine that some people will like me and a good number of people won't like me at the end of those three and a half years. And we'll just have to make a decision when that bridge is in front of me to cross. Very good. Hey, thanks for being with us on the show today. Anything else you'd like to say? we got a, a couple of minutes, so if you want to uh, say something in particular, i uh, be glad to, to let you do that. Well, I will, I will touch on one thing that is also important to Western Oklahoma, and that's the illegal marijuana groves. Mm. The legislature has uh, authorized me to stand up an organized crime task force. I'm working closely with the Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics, and we will be a force augmenter multiplier so that we can not just kick in the doors and pull up the plants, but also take back the illegally owned land that's in the hands of Chinese nationals, restore it back to the citizens of Oklahoma, and drive this drug trade back to the very northwest corner of Oklahoma and then push them across the border to Colorado and get the organized crime criminals from China and Mexico out of our state. You know, it's, it's interesting because in some of these locations around Weatherford, they've actually already left uh, this area and just abandoned the land. And in some cases, they've left it in pretty bad shape. Right. And then we've got bonding requirements and now to go forward and not let that happen in the future so i really want to continue to partner with western oklahoma and get this blight out of our state very good well we appreciate you taking the time to be on the program and again uh, you'll be down at uh, blair hall which is our city offices here at about 10 o'clock i know a lot of people are going to be very interested in in hearing what you have to say i look forward to being there thanks so much harold thank you very much you have a great day appreciate you being on the program thank you Tune in every weekday at 6 a.m. for The Right Time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3 News Talk KCLI.